It's the Exit 52 Podcast Instant Analysis. First one of the season after the Ravens week one. 25-9 victory over the Houston Texans. It's myself, Banks, Spenny, and Jake here. Um, coming to you post-game. Well, a couple hours later post-game. But post-game uh, of the victory. And guys, I woke up this morning and I thought, let's just have this be a simple win. We're going to come on the show. We're like, ah, not much to talk about. Beat the Texans. It is what it is. Team looked fine. Move on to next week. And now I feel like there's a lot to talk about after this game, whether it be injuries, whether it be some performances on both sides of the ball. Um, kind of a fascinating one. Uh, Banks, I will kick it to you first, as I've done historically in this uh, in this format. Uh, your thoughts on um, this game you just consumed. I know you were on the golf course for some of it, um, but your overall takeaways from, uh, from Ravens-Texans. It was mostly a bad day. I think everyone can agree on that. The uh, The offense didn't really sparkle the way that we had hoped. Uh, Lamar looked rusty and uncomfortable. Um, pretty much everybody on the offensive side of the ball, or at least um, from the weapon standpoint, everybody but Zay Flowers um, have a little bit of homework to do, I would say. Uh, and then obviously the injuries are the, the, the major storyline here. Uh, you got to feel for J.K. Dobbins. Everybody's pretty down about that. Um, Guy just can't seem to catch a break. Uh, Marcus Williams is an important piece of this defense, especially with the secondary down. To see him go down, that's tough. Um, and then the fourth quarter was just kicking the dick. Forty um, percent of your offensive line getting banged up, and we just hold our breath now. So it can never be easy. It can never be simple. Um, it's just the way things seem to go for us here in Baltimore. Um, and I don't, I don't know that anybody's feeling any better uh, now than they did when they woke up today. Spencer, is the bigger takeaway the performance or the injuries that happened during the game? I think the performance. I think we learned a lot about this team by – this is going to be my number one worst sentence that I say. We learned a lot about this team by not learning as much as we thought we would. We know that there's more to see, more to figure out, more for this offense to work through. We saw them start to pick up the pace. Unbelievable back there, Brian. We got the dog crawling. It, it, it that was spectacular visually for me. The demon. But um, it was a it was a tough effort offensively, especially in the first half. I think the Ravens expected the Texans to maybe come in tripping over their own two feet, and they didn't. And CJ Stroud looked competent and maybe not aggressive, but he looked like he was taking care of the football um, defensively. We end up seeing the Ravens have a really strong performance in quite a few ways. You don't really look back on this game and say, wow, the Ravens made mistakes. There were blown coverages. You see them, you know, give a couple different looks, things like that. But offensively, the Ravens certainly struggled. We saw some injuries. We saw three offensive starters, three really, I guess, cornerstone players go down at some point, And they still picked up steam through that despite those injuries. So it was a really interesting game offensively overall we'll get into it a little bit deeper but i think we we learned that the ravens have a lot that they need to as brian perfectly said do homework on they have a lot to do with the facility this week a lot of tape a lot of situations to work through there's going to be a lot of communication you could tell even on the sidelines so excited to see what that looks like as they go to play a bengals team next week that i didn't get to watch much of that game but i imagine is not too happy with themselves Jake, there were boo birds at one time at the bank during this game. You were in the building. What was the vibe of the building during this game? Yeah, it was a little muted. I think I, uh, you know, shout out to the uh, production process here. I think I labeled this a muted week win 
uh, uh, week one win uh, for the instant analysis here. And it was just kind of like a, a little bit of a sleepy get out of the gates, handshake opener type deal. And yeah, I mean, in particular, uh, the, the first half was really rough. And I think that's when some of those boo birds came down and in particular, the passing game, I thought looked pretty rough. And other than Zay Flowers, who was, I think, dynamite throughout the entire day uh, consistently, the rest of the offense, just like like Banks said and Spenny said, they, they got work to do. And this offensive line, I think, in particular, was rough as well. And they weren't giving a lot of time to Jackson. He wasn't doing much with it when he got it early on. They started to air it out a little bit in the second half, and it looked a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, just overall kind of a, a muted atmosphere out there. And it was just muggy and, you know, not great weather just kind of this like 80 degree like just just absolutely just stagnant air there was no breeze going through that building there was just no juice in there and you know they kind of slept walked their way through the win and i think it's a credit to the defense they did a really nice job they had some injuries on their side as well and overall just a kind of a humdrum 25 to 9 w that you had to get out of the way and now you got bigger fish to fry yeah i mean the the, the defensive performance as you guys talked about was the really the bigger um, positive, obviously, than the offensive performance. I thought that, as you said, Spenny, CJ Stroud, that, that was really the most interesting part. I mean, there's this, you know, Ballyhood stat about the Ravens against rookie QBs and blah, 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 blah. Um, and Stroud looked very good between like his own 30 yard line and the Ravens like 40 yard line. And then once Houston kind of got to there, they couldn't really do much else. Um, and, and never really – that's why the game never really felt in doubt, despite the fact that the Ravens did some things to allow the Texans to stay in the game. And I mean, some some bad turnovers from Lamar Jackson at different points um, in the first half and second half. As you said, Jake, it was muted. The entire thing was very muted. It was an expected win. It was the biggest spread of the week. Um, and it was certainly not the, like – statement performance I think you would have hoped for from a team that like lost all of its drama um, from last year. I think it was like, you know, Banks, I think your blog for Barstool was like, the Ravens are just focused on playing football. There's not a lot going on. And with all of the penalties and the mistakes they made, it felt like a team that didn't feel as focused maybe as you would have hoped based on the lack of external stuff going on, unlike last year. Um, and some of that I do think probably comes from the fact that like Lamar Jackson hasn't played in a very long time. So you hope that he now is going to have to, and this is uh, the quality of play in this game was not very good. I don't, I mean, the Ravens defense was solid, but just overall it felt like kind of a sloppy game. That was kind of across the board in a lot of the games you watched throughout at least the one o'clock games, um, where just like the quality of play. And part of that's probably the lack of preseason reps teams kept now and things like that. But, um, the injury is certainly the story. As you, you know, the, the the Dobbins one is, is very, very tough. That looked like a very benign play. And then he starts to limp off the field, and you're like, oh, please let this just be like a twisted ankle. <laughs> and then it's like always getting, you know, carried off the field by two trainers. I, uh, I totally missed that in the stadium. Sorry to cut you off there, but uh, no, you're I, good. I just get somebody turn around and say, oh, J.K. Dobbins, they think it's an Achilles. And uh, yeah, t- tough moment for your, for your guy here. And then uh, a couple. You know, what is it? 20 minutes later, it's confirmed by Ian Rappaport. So brutal, brutal, brutal break there. Yeah. So you, you would have hoped they would have gotten through the, this first game a little bit, a little bit less uh, banged up. And and now they go into next week in a, in a, in a big game. So um, I don't know. But, you know, I got a text in the middle from someone that is like, oh, the offense kind of looks similar to you know had similar problems that that had last year i think that's just like a little bit of scar tissue i don't know if that's exactly true i just think they weren't that sharp 
think they just overall weren't that sharp. But Zay Flowers is definitely going to be a problem. That was fun to watch. You're muted. I'm kind of curious here to, to pick your guys' brain if you thought, okay, they came out of the gates a little bit rusty, didn't look too good, got a meager lead into the halftime, and, and then took the lead early in the second half. In the rest of the second half, were they kind of like a golfer who doesn't have their best stuff, who are just trying to figure it out how to get it into the clubhouse? Um, or how did that kind of play out, do you think? To me, it looked like it was a team that wasn't – sure of their rhythm especially in the past game the biggest note that i had in the first half on lamar jackson was that he wasn't throw ready he was not in a posture and his feet weren't spread and his the ball wasn't up think about last night we saw sean strickland in ufc ready to throw a jab at any given point ready to throw his two at any given point and lamar wasn't the ball was down his feet were a little unbalanced and wasn't confident to push the ball it felt like um, his eyes were a little bit slow and he wasn't ready to really go through his entire first read with the ball high ready to go the ball was low his eyes are slow and then as soon as we eventually see him start to get more comfortable start to step up through the pocket he's able to generate explosive plays he's targeting odell beckham downfield he's pushing the ball to zay flowers i thought the most interesting part of today's um i guess results were that this was maybe the least we've ever seen the Baltimore Ravens attack the middle of the field in the past game. They did not throw the ball between the numbers really at all. Maybe a little bit to do with Mark Andrews being out. I think something that was super underrated, especially when you are in this clearly uncomfortable stage of uh, what may be relative to expectation, you know, oh, okay. New offense, Todd Munkin, the pace is going to be great. Everything. That wasn't the case. Mark Andrews is the security blanket. He's the Baba. He's the Binky. He is Lamar's guy. So it wasn't there. And then Lamar, you know, took a while to get comfortable. As soon as he felt comfortable, as soon as they got Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham involved, Rashad Bateman, I thought, had a strong game as well, despite maybe not a ton of targets. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Hey, the Ravens were the biggest favorite of this weekend. And guess what? They covered. And they covered pretty handedly. Uh, was a 10-point favorite, turns into a 9.5-point favorite. They end up getting the job done. Maybe a lot of that has to do with what they did defensively, a poor offensive line effort, things like that. But I remember Lamar Jackson saying this past week in an interview that he was really excited, asked about the offense, some general question. I'm really excited to play against a real live opponent so that we have something to talk about, were the words that we used. We, I, I brought this up on the pregame show, and – now they're going to have, oh, if then, if then. Hey, if we see this look, then I want you to do this, Odell. Oh, if we see this, then I want you to do this, Zay Flowers. So a lot to talk about, a lot to work out. But we saw them, despite Ronnie Stanley, despite Tyler Linderbaum, despite J.K. Dobbins going down, catch a little bit of fire. Jake's bringing it up right now, maybe Taylor. Lamar said, rusty as curse word, but thank you, God. He was rusty. The ball was low. His hands were slow. His feet were slow, and they still figured it out. So um, you're really happy to be 1-0. I think they expected maybe the Texans to make a lot more mistakes than they didn't, and there you go. Yeah, I think I think you're right on the – it looked like they were just waiting for the Texans to implode the entire game, and that just never really happened. Um, and it's tough – 
to get up for a game where you're just you just know that unless it goes just horribly wrong, the Texans just don't have the personnel in the tank to really challenge you. Um, and I thought that you know, as you said earlier, I I, I kind of liked Stroud more after the game than I did going in. Um, I thought that he like showed a lot of poise. I I you know he s- stood in there and made some throws to my guy Bobby Woods. Um, but you know Bobby Trees, Bobby, Bobby Trees on the other side. I think you're right. You know, Lamar tweeting that he's rusty. I mean, he looked very, very rusty. I mean, in all the ways you just perfectly explained, he didn't like also just like look explosive really in any way, which is shocking to say about Lamar Jackson. There were a couple times where he got out in scrambles and kind of did his whole thing like that. Um, but even in that, even the running game and, and Munkin didn't use him in a lot of design runs. And it's almost like they were just waiting to get through this game. Like, Let's not let's just like get Lamar through the four quarters. Let's show off this Zay Flowers toy that we have a little bit, which I think, as I said a little bit at the end, like the biggest takeaway offensively that's positive is that dude looks like a guy that is going to be a you know, a weapon they can use in a ton of different ways. I think you, you Spencer, I think you tweeted like it looks like someone made Lamar Jackson smaller and a wide receiver. I mean, he moves in that like same way. Um, as Lamar does in the open field. Uh, I was very impressed by him. Nice to see Odell freak out after his first catch and then freak out again after his over-the-shoulder catch. Good for him. Um, but, yeah, they need Mark Andrews to work the middle of the field, um, and that's going to open it up a lot more. But I, in the, like, world of do the Ravens have another wide receiver bust or not, not that they, you know even Hollywood Brown is a bust or necessarily Rashad Bateman is a bust yet, but – Zay Flowers looks like a guy that could be very, very dynamic, and that was that was encouraging. The Linderbaum injury, hopefully, is not bad. That would be. I just don't know where they necessarily turn in that position, but yeah, um, I think uh, Mustafer got in there for him, and I, I thought he looked like solid. Um, I would have to go back and watch a little bit more, but uh, he it seemed like they held up pretty well, and he was in there. I think for the Odell catch that you referenced and everything, and yeah, I mean overall. Uh, the passing game was interesting. It felt like Smenny and I were talking in uh, talking offline a little bit during the game. It just felt like the Texans were putting a lid on everything and just, you know, saying you're not going to throw deep on us. You know, things are, are, are not going to progress the way that you would like them to with this new passing offense that you want to show off against us. It's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, we were both saying, like, Lamar needs to take off and run. He needs to be more decisive here. When you get a lane, just run with it. And you, we saw that a little bit. We saw a weird fumble with him. Uh, where I forget who he hit it off of, but then Justice Hill or somebody kind of kicks it right to a defender. Just a, a strange play there. He had the interception, obviously. So, yeah, just a, a strange indecisiveness, a, just a strange performance from overall. But we've seen him be rusty. We've seen him have stretches throughout seasons where he's looked a little bit more stagnant in the passing game. And then when they unlock that element of his rushing, uh, that's when things open up. We did see that in 2020 and uh, after he had come back from COVID and everything and he really exploded. So maybe it will be uh, what they need to do. And what's going to be a tough, I don't care what happened today. What's going to be a tough game in Cincinnati in week two, disappointing day from Isaiah likely I was getting a little cute on Twitter and I don't think it was just him I think it was kind of a function of the game plan but I was getting a little cute on Twitter about mashing those overs and everything and uh, I may have gotten a little bit of wind that Mark Andrews maybe wouldn't be playing in this game so I maybe put some uh, big time plus plus uh, you know bets on likely to uh, hit all those overs and they certainly did not I think he went had one catch for four yards or whatever it was just a disappointing overall day from the passing attack but when you have promising performances from Flowers when Beckham has two nice catches. Would have been nice to see Isaiah likely get involved there, Banks. Still with us? 
He is chilling, chilling, chilling like a villain, but you said it well. And again, they didn't have much of a presence over the middle of the field. They weren't able to establish much of a run game. I think that it was interesting. One of my big questions of this entire offseason was how much of Greg Roman's run game will be retained, uh, particularly the veers, the bashes, the, the power read, essentially. And it seems like it was, as of today, a big fat zero. None. Nothing at all. There was not a ton of man gap stuff. There wasn't a ton of power. It was a lot of zone. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins, God bless his freaking soul, man. It absolutely stinks. Looks like it's an Achilles injury for me and Rappaport and various sources around the NFL. I think that it was super stressful watching a guy like Dobbins leap into the end zone, create a touchdown athletically, something that the Ravens struggled with mightily when he was injured, and then watch that guy go out. On the other hand, it's tough. You see you know, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill step right into that role. Justice Hill, a guy that the Ravens paid. The guy that the Ravens said, hey, we want you to be a part of our plan, not just this year, but for a little bit, and to go have two touchdowns. So it was uh, definitely an emotional day in that running back room, kind of polarizing, where you see a guy like Justice Hill, who also went through an Achilles injury, also had to go grind and come back, has been quiet, has grinded on special teams, wasn't as high of a pick but goes and shines. Gus Edwards has a nice little day despite only a few touches, able to go get a two-point conversion, but um, just a litany of injuries. And I, again, can't emphasize how impressive, it, how impressive it was to watch them grind through a team that we said, Taylor mentioned as well, the Texans weren't making mistakes. They weren't blowing coverages. There weren't missed tackles to the point of defamation of your own proclamation as an NFL team. They hung around. The Ravens had to go beat them, and they did, despite Stanley, Dobbins, Linderbaum, Williams, all going down in this game. So difficult, muy difícil, and still hung around. I think Lamar started to figure it out a little bit. Um, weird game, really weird game. One of the weirder openers, I think, especially at home than I can remember in the last few years, but I guess maybe to segue to the defensive side of the ball. Holy shit, man. Roderick Washington, Travis Jones, Brent Urban, Michael Pierce, the linebacker duo of Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith combines for 27 tackles. Roquan with uh, 15. He breaks Ray Lewis's record for a debut uh, with tackles. Season opener record. Ray mm -hmm. Lewis did 14 three times. Roquan Smith beats that 15 tackles. Both of them have a sack, if I'm not mistaken, as well, making plays and coverage. Ending plays. They simply have Hamilton. I'll throw in there as well. Darby. Jake, you tweeted earlier. Darby ended a couple of drives all around up. the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He was, uh, I think he had eight tackles or so and they were he had all, eight. Yep. Eight. Yeah. They, none of them went for, uh, anything more than one yard gain. Yeah. He looked awesome. Ardarius Washington with a sack as well. So yeah, this was, uh, this was quite a, a unit with their hair on fire today. I thought Brandon Stevens also, you know, delivered some blows, you know, coming up in support, um, which was nice to see. I thought he played pretty physically throughout the game. Ravens finished with five sacks after they couldn't make CJ Stroud move off his spot for, a quarter and a half once really it felt like and david so, ojabo with the the winner basically the strip sack that essentially ended the game I yeah mean, you know which, he was quiet which is all the, day you're the, hopeful your glimpse into what he could potentially be i mean that is the you know that's what you hope he can give them throughout the year if he could give them like six or seven sacks like that would be a pretty nice uh year the other the other thing um defensively was patrick queen you know really set the tone early in that game you know, you talked about the Texans. I, I think under D'Amico Ryans, they looked inspired. They look like a team that is going in a direction that's good. 
And I think D'Amico just bit off a little more than he needed to chew there early in the game by going for it on fourth down. I think he felt like they had to be so aggressive because they were so outmanned. And then I, I think if he then looks at their next two quarters, he's probably like, ah, we weren't like we were CJ Stroud was gonna have us be a little more in the game. Our defense was gonna be have us be a little more in the game. They kind of gave it away there. It felt like his brain got or his heart got in the way of his brain a little bit. Correct. Yeah. I, he was like, we got to do, I got to show my team I believe in him. Let's just go for it. You know, it, let's make a statement. And it's like, and maybe that was just a, you know, also, as I said, uh, uh, you know, the fact that he felt like they needed to do big things to have a chance to win the game. But then they're in the game for most of it. At, you know, in the third quarter, I think if they don't do, you know, if they don't do something like that, they're, they might be leading at halftime if they don't do that. Um, so. That was a fascinating decision, but you know, PQ shout out if I can on that play. So uh, he he looks very very good as well. Good leadership by yeah, him too to uh, shout out Dobbins in his uh, post game press conference. He's come yeah. a long way, I think. I think um, a lot of times when you see or post game, you feel like there's a listless performance by a team that should be better than the other team. You have some some fundamental things that have gone sideways, like the tackling or, or this or that. I thought the tackling was as strong from this Ravens team as I've seen. Um, they were pretty lock and key. They swarmed to the football, did a really good job on that side. I'm also curious, um, you know, the Mark Andrews injury like timeline and how that storyline like kind of played out during the week was a very interesting one. And I saw I, I it may have been um, Zay Flowers, may have been it was I think one of the receivers said post game that he had no idea what Andrews wasn't playing until pretty much like 11, 12 o'clock from, from today. What Jake and I ended up hearing through the grapevine, Andrews had a little bit of a tweak on Friday. He was supposed to go up late, until Friday. He had a setback. There was a and, late yeah. little tweak on Friday, and they were fully expecting him to go, and then it just turned away. Right. Little- so there's part of me that, you know, you try to look for optimistic angles at this. Maybe they had really built a game plan you know, surrounding the middle of the field, attacking with him. Um, it, it could be looked at as concerning that, that you don't have likely stepping in and just kind of filling that that void right away. But um, it could speak as to why they kind of attacked the Texans the way that they did or, or why they struggled to. Um, I'm not really sure. I think we're all searching for answers. And I think that's a, a great point that you made, Spen, is that like at the top of the show, um, we learned how much there is left to learn about this team. It's, I think that's a really big sentiment to, you know, I, I think we all wanted to just have all of our, you know, doubts or hopes confirmed going into this game. And um, we're searching with more questions and answers than, than we might have thought. And we're so used to the Ravens starting out so strong, blowing teams out week one. We think about maybe the Bills game. What was that? 2018. We think about the Dolphins mm-hmm. game 2019. And this offense stumbled. And to me, it felt like the D'Amico Ryan's, which we've seen the 49ers do. It almost feels like it's maybe even a Kyle Shanahan thing more than it is any of the defensive coordinators that come after Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryans. And of course, you know, Ryans come from Sala's tree, whatever you want to say. But the Texans did an outstanding job pushing, shooting gaps. They were not two gapping. They were penetrating quickly, trying to disrupt the pocket, trying to create mayhem. Felt like they stuck the Ravens in round one of a championship fight a little bit and were able to go get them off kilter and then watch the Ravens go adjust. So this offense has a lot to learn, but as soon as they were like, Hey, we haven't seen Odell Beckham get the ball yet. Let's start isolating him, pushing him the ball. Then good things started to happen. Hey, Zay flowers has looked really strong. 
had a couple. I mean, I was at the game. I watched it live. I go back and watch highlights. You know, I'm not I'm not my sharpest here, man. But holy freaking cow, that dude was making guys fall over themselves every other time he had the ball, just like it looked in all the preseason camp highlights. It's like wow, immediately translated. So once they got that little bit of confidence about them, it felt like. I know what I'm doing. The Andrews thing, you make a great point, Brian. Maybe they were saying, hey, Texans don't have great linebackers. You know, Jimmy Ward's been banged up. We're going to go attack the middle of the field there. Then suddenly, mm, 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 didn't work out the way they wanted, letting up a lot of quick pressure. But, um, man, two terrible turnovers by Lamar. I'm not going to let those go past, to be honest. Uh, quarter quarter billion dollar guy, first game. Hey, man, be a little sharper. How about that? Yeah, the – the two Lamar turnovers were kind of inexcusable. It's a terrible throw, and he's just sloppy with the ball in space. I mean, for a guy that – I mean, sometimes he does get a little squirrely with the ball, but like – I mean, Usually that, always like reaches out a way at the end of the play where it's like, yeah. ha-ha, you can't get this to end the play. But that's well, – he did, I mean, he, right he did go the, by my, uh, my tip my, – the way that I like to approach turnovers, which is if you're going to throw a pick, get it out of the way early, and he did that. And that is Jake's, that. Jake. That is your thing. That is your thing. But I think that, you know, slowness, to even like extend the ball, as you said, Spencer speaks to kind of how you analyze this day in general, where not just none of it was sharp or fast. Everything was kind of slow in the pocket. It's just, uh, he was slow for such a fast player for such an explosive player. The thing I was going to say is banks talked about the fundamentals and how their tackling was good. And you would think in a game like this, where it's a little sloppy, something like that would be a little lacking the like clear sports radio, like, hammer them for the entire day talking point on that front is penalties i mean they had 13 yeah. penalties for over 100 yards which is just you can't do that if you're going to be a good team um which is the most cliche talking point of all time but it is true i mean teams that win just don't do that and they did that throughout the game and it did not hurt them against a team of the texans quality and maybe that's a get them all out of the way and then go back and watch um the tape and what happened and, and figure out how to clean up those things but that was uh, and the te- the Texans, I think, had nine penalties, too. It was just a very, you know, week one, teams don't play a lot of preseason games, you know, together as first units anymore type of game where I think this is going to kind of be some of the what the NFL looks like moving forward in week one is like teams are just going to play them w- their way into the season because they're just not willing to really put it all out there um, building up to the year. Um, and not that it was any that much better beforehand, but – um, like I even had, I'm trying to think of the other games were on like saints. Titans was super sloppy. We don't have our resident Titans fan here, to, but card Cardinals. I hate seeing that happen to the Titans un- too, by the way, was super sloppy. Like B- bucks Vikings was like, I mean, except for Justin Jefferson, who might, who I might be the best player in the sport at this point. I, he, he is just incredible. Like that game was very sloppy. So, um, Yeah. The, uh, the uh, they they've got to knock those the knock those you know part of that p- potentially is rust. Lamar talked about rust. That penalties you could potentially equate to rust, but they've got to uh, they've got to knock those things out. Oh, very nice tweet there from Joe. Yeah, Burrow was terrible, terrible um, against the Browns. So tough day for the QBs. I don't. I, by the way, the Steelers may be really bad. I don't know if we want to just like. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the day in football so far, but I think Burrow is a point. Uh, Burrow is a point in favor of Rust being an issue. I mean, doesn't play much at all in the uh, in the uh, preseason yeah. there, and you know, yeah, comes out and doesn't look good. I, f- I feel like a lot of us really expected that, and I think they'll be solid. But they've got they've got some stuff to figure out, and they got some shit to get together. And I think the Ravens are in the same boat. 
I think that that Cleveland defense is pretty dangerous too, which wasn't an unknown, but it may be eye-opening just how dangerous that that. Jim Schwartz is a difference maker for sure. Jim Schwartz has been a king of creating defensive mismatches, making sure that he can overwhelm you on one side of your line. So that Browns team definitely. Deshaun Watson, whatever, man. I don't know about the stuff that went on off the field. Maybe no one really does except for the people involved, but – Seeing him start to flick the guitar again is a little bit of a scary sight. If he starts feeling confident, the noise that's rattled him the last couple of years and maybe what we saw towards the end of last year is you know, a thing of the past. Why can't this Browns team go win 12 games? Good to Why see a guy like that overcome adversity. Why not us? Hey, I heard an interesting... You just had to, uh, Jake, Jake, Jake just couldn't wait for me to stop talking. There. Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun versus the world. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson versus the world. Yeah. I heard an interesting wow. uh, question posed on the golf course this weekend. As and this is the type of question to hear in a place like that. But did Deshaun Watson go downhill because he got too many massages, or did he go downhill because he stopped getting massages? Seems like what seems like first? that T is firing right now. He's he's in a good place mentally. It makes you think. It says uh, one Borat Sagadiev like to play. Let's play uh, find the crumb. I'm not going to comment on Deshaun Watson's Great massage ass. situation. You just did. Whether he's getting <laughs> you just did, Taylor. You just did. But you just commented on it. I am going to pivot this quickly to the my other final takeaway from just the day in football besides the Ravens is the 49ers are the best team in the league. Oh, boy. Who could have seen that coming? This Cowboys block kick. Yeah. Thank you, Brock Purdy. What a- Little John Harbaugh, my guy. Yeah. Young John. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins, Dolphins, Chargers was a was an awesome game. It was a banger. Um, that you, that you missed. The Chargers and, just no, no matter what. I mean, yeah, get, I napped through Justin that. Herbert, get Justin Herbert out of LA. Like Tyreek Tyreek Hill also um, making a claim for your Justin Jefferson point. Like he had a phenomenal day. Gives me no Justin, pleasure to report he was looking swaggy in those long sleeves. That he let's had not disrespect dangling. what Tua just did in that game too. Dropping yeah. dimes in the bucket, walking up through pressure. Tua looks outstanding. Say what you want about arm strength. Arm strength, I think, is the most overrated thing that exists, I'm going to say, in maybe all of American sports in terms of, like, one individual trait that you scout and think guys have to have, and they simply don't. I was workshopping, like, a Mitch McConnell, like, defenders facing Tua in week one or two, uh, you know, when he's just slinging the ball at them. And, uh, yeah, I just – I couldn't get there. But there, there was something there. And I, I just – Not Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Get him in, get him in here at, at minute 30 – minute 31. I was going to the, compare the Chargers. You made a Sean Strickland MMA reference. So, I'll – the Chargers are just, like, the fighter that's – they're just – like Donald Cerrone. They're just always going to be in an exciting fight. And they're going to give some of them up and get knocked out. They're going to beat some really good teams. But man, they're just like, there's somebody you want on the card. You They'll win enough the fights that they keep being a, a main event. Correct. They win enough, and then they're going to eventually lose when they get to the championship level. But man, are they entertaining. I mean, they are so entertaining every single year. What a what a reference. Cowboys Roni there. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I was trying. I was working. First Sunday night of the on, the. on our first together, Taylor, you and I and Jay. Yeah, I was going to do. I was going to do Clay Guida. That was a bigger, like, throwback MMA exciting name. But I went with Roni. He's got a little more notoriety. Cool nickname, um, too. I mean, Cowboy. Yeah. It's like Cowboy, Cowboy. Joe West. But God, they're fun. Herbert signed long term though, so he's going to be there for a while. I mean, get him, out, get him out of there. I don't care, he's Justin Herbert. He's got to pull a Carson Palmer if he wants to get out of there. Just never play again. Justin Herbert in L.A. Mike Trout in L.A. 
<laughs> now now we're cooking with grease. I, I like where we're going with this. By the way, Wait, right oh, hold on now. Are the Chargers losers because Justin Herbert is a loser? Is that where we're going with this? No, I he's too early in his career. I won't I won't give him that yet. Too early. Well, we're career. gonna stay tuned on that one. I'm definitely monitoring that. Today. There's only one loser <laughs> in Taylor's heart, and his name is one Michael James Trout. Who I saw the Angels are now open to trading. <laughs> Great. They announced that. That yeah, was yeah. Oh my thank God. you. Thank you. They said, Hey, Mike Trout publicly, if you would like to get the hell out of here, we'd yeah. love to show so you. We can get door. some prospects and reset our entire franchise. That was absolutely bonkers. I meant to bring that up to you. I'm so happy that absolutely on point this came exactly. Well, it was right. like on an NFL Sunday, it's somehow, you know, on ESPN.com, they've got like the top headlines on the right side. It's like on the top of them. I was like, Mike Trout. They did that on purpose. They tried to slide it in there. Like, uh, yeah. Early September is like the last time anybody should be talking about trades. In, Especially, in it's it, it perfectly said. Well, I mean, the NFL Angels have Sunday just been really on top of their like, shit for yeah, the last couple way, of years. By the way, we would so. love to get rid of Mike Trout. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I love the headline. Report, Angels open to Trout trade if he asks out. AK, please ask out. <laughs> we are asking you to do that. We would We've like you to ask out so we can trade you. Because we don't, we we want to just get rid. We want to reset this entire thing. Almost a brutal Sunday for Mike Trout's Eagles as well. Mac Jones almost did the damn thing. So weird slate, weird time. Jags are down at one point. Anthony Richardson's bopping around. Whole bunch of weird games going on. Sloppy games. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Looked sharp from what I saw on the Reds on on Red Zone. Jimmy G. Was throwing dimes at the end of that game. Jake's guy. Jake's about to bob his head off. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> That scramble to win, I mean, that was, you know, that's my guy right there. That's a winner at the quarterback position. I mean, Jimmy G, yeah, Jimmy G wins. Take some notes, Trout. Shout out to your How Rams, Jake, too. Rams, yeah. you, you had the Rams making the playoffs, I, I think, had them with the second worst record in the NFC. They go 30-13 to 13 over the Seahawks, just throttle the Seahawks. That's your guy, McVay. That's the McVay. Most effect. impressive. I was. I'll, I'll say that was the most impressive win of the day, considering, like I said, I think the Rams have, if I'm not mistaken, 27 rookies on their team. Yeah, 20, Maybe it's first or second. Maybe it's rookies or second year players. Great tweet. Great tweet, amount. Matthew Stafford. How I learned to stop worrying and start targeting Gen Z receivers. <laughs> Stafford, Staff, uh, two a hundred yard plus games from Tutu Atwell and Puka or whatever. Puka Nakua. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, good. good for this. Good for Maddie yeah. Staffs. How about uh, Sean Payton uh, starting the game with an onside kick attempt too? That was ambush. Nice. Ambush. Shout out to the Super yeah. Bowl against uh, against the Colts. Sean Love Payton's that. just ripping bongs and doing onside kick like it's Madden. Yeah. And then the final, the final non Ravens thing we have to talk about is the Bears. Just all the hope in the world. <laughs> <laughs> lose to Jordan Love. Brutal. Three touchdowns. Did they Jordan. lose? They just don't know where their stadium is. They don't know where to play. They don't know if they're supposed to go to Soldier Field. They don't know where the stadium's going to be. It's Spenny, tough. will you apologize for Justin Fields yet, or are we not there? Fuck no. Okay. I will never apologize for Justin Fields. I'm okay. still. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Okay. We're monitoring that. Assault about these Ravens. Forty-three point eight percent of their snaps in eleven personnel. It was the most they've had in a. Season opener with Lamar Jackson. We see Adafe Owe and David Ajabo. I think had five combined quarterback hits out of nowhere when it looked like it was completely brutal. Justin Matabike goes and hounds it down a little bit. I think our Darius Washington Taylor, you said earlier, Brandon Stevens too. I, I mean, tackles as a stat have been a joke for a long time. I think when we were all probably in elementary school, they used to be a very serious stat. Today is a day where you can look at tackles and be like, yeah, they played well. It's, it's one of those days where it's like, 
they tackled really well. They had a lot of them. They got it done. I just think anecdote. I think anecdotally, like Banks kind of mentioned it. They just, you know, they, they didn't miss a lot of time. Like you watch the game with your eye. You just did it. Like you can, I guess, analyze the game just off a stat sheet, and not actually watch it. But when you watch it, you're like, it wasn't a lot of tackles where you missed two and a guy like came in from the secondary. Like it was just a lot of like coming up and making a stop. Um, and credit to, and a part of the reason they had a lot in the secondary and at the line is Justin Fields worked the ball well in the middle of the field. Now the Ravens didn't let the, a lot of those be big gains. A lot of those were like <laughs> five yard gains, nine yard gains. Like, but. They did a they good didn't job. Really, any explosive plays at all whatsoever. I think Definitely one of the craziest stats of the day was that the, I think the longest rush of the day was 13 yards between these two teams, and I don't think anybody would have bet the under on that going in. Um, my final thing on the Ravens is good, and you somebody said this: good for Justice Hill. You yeah. work your way yeah. back. You're 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 pr- probably at some points over the last three years on the fringes of really being in the league at all. I mean, he easily could have been a guy that was playing in the XFL. Like, if Justice Hill had run for 900 yards in the XFL at some point over the past couple of years, I would be like, oh, good for him, man. Glad he's still playing. And he's got two touchdowns today. So, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, have you ever you really had a lot of opportunities? You're like, going to get a lot of opportunities Hill. Like, every time Justin Hill, Justice Hill has seen, seen the field in some semi-critical situations, like, he tends to come through. Like, he looks good all the time. It's just you don't see him all that much. The guy just shuts his mouth and runs hard. Like, there's just nothing else to say. And plays special teams and just plays special teams. Yeah. Catches the ball out of the backfield occasionally. That's why he stayed on the team. He plays special teams. Yeah. I I have a question. Kareem Hunt in the stratosphere obviously has a domestic violence that the Ravens have put in a huge poo-poo on. Josina Anderson has said that the Ravens will activate Melvin Gordon as of right this second. So J.K. Dobbins will be. Oh Melvin, my. let's go. Big 10. Welcome. Big 10 Taylor. Yeah. BTT. Should the Ravens, will the Ravens do anything in the interest of uh, bringing in Kareem Hunt? I'm going to say no, but I wonder if anybody else feels anything. It's a healthy, healthy debate, but I, I would say no. I would say that they don't. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't think so. Jonathan Taylor. Odell Beckham also also doing a great Tory Smith impression today. Fantastic. I, I made that comparison, actually, on the, the uh, second yeah. PI that Did he did. A lot of the over overhead, over-the-shoulder, looking the ball, like tracking it like a Willie Mays situation going on, too, which was super unique, something you don't see a ton his, of. His long, his long catch over the shoulder, that was one of Lamar's best moments. That was a, that was a good throw. Clean pocket. Yeah, be- best was- offensive line uh, you know, performance in that play-to-play basis on that one, too. Yeah. So, uh, you said Jonathan Taylor, Jake? Just throwing it out there. I think, yeah. it, I think depending on where they are in six weeks, I don't know why you wouldn't kick the tires on it. Yeah, if he's still if he's still holding out or whatever's going on, I mean, for, I mean, you wouldn't re, you wouldn't resign him. No, but no, that's a rental. We've heard a lot about Justice Hill. I mean, Jeff Zrebeck, I think, has really been hammering the, hey, they love Justice Hill. This Munkin offense fits him better. Justice Hill might be a fantasy league winner if you get him on waivers right now. He might be the the one this year. Guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, look sharp in the red zone right now, might end up being, you know, a thousand all-purpose yard, eight, nine touchdown guy. So He's just a stay healthy guy. He's just never been healthy. He's the same as JK in a sort of a, you know, lesser position because JK's obviously had way more moments in the league where he felt like an elite player, but Justice Hill's just never been that healthy. Like, yeah, I I got a question for you guys. Um, when do you think Gus Edwards' last regular season reception was? 
2021. The Giants, week 16, 2021. The greatest catch of his career. It was in 2020. Yeah. Well, technically it was in calendar year 21. It was January 3rd, 2021. Of the 2020 season, he was that pretty was good. He was pretty good in that game. In the, he did the catch a ball in the playoff game in Cincinnati last year, but um, that doesn't. Yeah, it's regu- that's not regular season. It doesn't count. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So that that just maybe is something to chew on as we look. How at, long you know, the my, I'm gonna I'm gonna take one and I'm gonna give you one. How long until Melvin Gordon loses a fumble in Ravens territory? Give me a week. It's it's not gonna happen. Ooh. It's definitely the big, ten, the big Ten boys are just, <laughs> just behind their guy. No, it's going to happen. At the Big Ten conglomerate, we know that we know that this is what Melvin Gordon. This happens. I'm going to say week eight. The Big say, Ten conglomerate. It just means more. <laughs> I probably say that we probably have a bye week eight. Week eight happens. Week eight. I like. That. I don't think he's going to get. I think you're right, Spenny. I think that Justice Hill is going to get a lot of work now. As long as he stays healthy, like Melvin Gordon's going to be active. I don't know how much they're going to really utilize him. When do, when Dobbins was hurt last year, he, Justice Hill was their best running back for like a four week stretch. He looked awesome yeah. against the Bengals. Yeah, we like, about, yeah I remember we would, one carry where he missed a hole like incredibly, incredibly, incredibly badly, and then everybody was like, oh, "Yeah, no, that was that was screenshot Twitter." Which like that we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but that is just one of the worst <laughs> things that I it, it just I I can't do it. I hate it, and just everyone. Get off my guy, Justice Hill. He looked the great all last time, year. All-time night for screenshot Twitter was when Tony Jefferson told the world that he has been blind for years. Yeah. Yeah, that was – I mean, <laughs> that was a – what a story that was, by the way. Also, I mean, shout out to me just realizing that Tony Jefferson was safety Jameis Winston just now. <laughs> Very just ridiculous. erratic. Yeah. yeah. Did we miss anything, boys? We're all, we're, we're coming up well, on 35 just... here. Did we miss anything? Is there anything as you're racking your brain we look through – I believe the Ravens converted, if I am not mistaken. Eight of 15 third downs held the Texans to seven of 18. The Ravens cover, as I mentioned. The Ravens finished with 265 total net yards. The Texans edged them out by three yards. 3.7 yards per play for the Texans, 4.6 for the Ravens. Ravens run for 110, which is like maybe the grossest 110-yard rushing performance ever. The Texans have 72. Yeah, and that's crazy. They ran for over 100 yards. That was not an impressive rushing performance at all. Yeah. I was very much off. impressed with D'Amico Ryan's team plan. I think uh, we touched on earlier, they they go for the fourth down early, which didn't feel like the best way to put yourself in a position to succeed as a – Just punt. I think they thought they were going to get in a shootout. And I guess they gave up, you know, 25 points, but – This is – speaking of Big Ten, this is anyway, the uh, – so this is this matter. is. Taylor for rents coming out. Just punt, you know, run the ball three times and then punt. <laughs> Big Ten Taylor. Yeah. Big Ten. You just got to punt. You got to win six to three. Just punt. shout out to the Big Ten conglomerate just for just punt. I will say screaming about punting. I will say, you know, um, I believe my team. No, because Penn State scored like 65 points yesterday. I was going to say the Terps were leading the Big Ten in points per game after week one, but they're no longer probably so. Um. We like to score points, but sometimes you got to know when to punt. You just got to know when to punt them, Ego. Got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Yeah. I was just going to say, you mentioned Jameis Winston. God, Jimbo Fisher owes Jameis Winston a lot of his money. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> I mean, they're at Texas A&M. Now I've totally got us off the rest. Yo. In terms of the Ravens, I was just getting my – this is probably a question for um, a preview show coming up or the midweek show coming up. 
Um, but maybe one to chew on is like, when do we, when do we feel like the time is right to judge the offense in totality? Cause obviously it's tough to judge it after week one that this team hasn't really played together. It's a new scheme. It's going to take them some time, but what the fan base loves to do is jump all over the offensive coordinator. I'm just wondering when, like when Todd Munkin's honeymoon runs out, give it a, I, give, it, that will be give it a month. You got two games on the road. Two I games at home. Yeah. Give it, give it a month. You got two games on the road, two games at home. You'll you'll be hopefully full strength after that point. Give, give it a month, I, and I, I think it, we need to see a little more out of Lamar from week to week here. I think that that definitely needs to start to because we're seeing a little more. So it's today we saw more so of the one, the version of Lamar that existed in pockets of twenty one and twenty two, where we're just like, what the hell's going on here? Like, where where who is this guy? You know. Um, I, I, we really haven't touched too much on his performance. And I, I mentioned briefly there that they only had 58 plays offensively. Um, and it was a very just like fragmented type of game, I would say. Um, but uh, we got to see more from our guy there. You want to see it against a better defense, but you also want to see it with Mark Andrews. There's, there's certainly caveats to be found. Yep. Yep. I'm even, I'm even, you know, and I have been screaming into the void, like stop saying Mark Andrews doesn't matter. You're an idiot to anyone that is like, oh, yeah, we have Isaiah Likely. No disrespect to Isaiah Likely. Mark Andrews is an all-pro. But we saw Lamar Jackson get better as he started to push the ball down the field. He is not a quick rhythm, check down, rhythm passer. Shout out to Jake, as you know, my favorite, Steven Ruiz. Your guy. Said that, hey, if there is one flaw in Lamar Jackson's game, it is timing. He is not the most rhythmic, quick passer. He has never been that. You can go make up stuff about what happened at Louisville with Bobby Petrino. I promise that wasn't his game still. He likes to push the ball. As soon as he started to push the ball to Odell Beckham, as soon as he started to push the ball to Zay Flores, just a little bit. He didn't really take any monster shots, but just started to push the ball a little bit. We saw things spread. We saw him move. So. If I'm going to have a takeaway, that's supposed to be Todd Munkin's offense. He's supposed to be, you know, the classic stat that everybody loves to say is that, uh, you know, oh, Lamar Jackson, uh, Todd Munkin's offense had Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick were the number two and three in air yards per attempt and things like that. Well, I think that Todd Munkin went away from that. I think he was like, let's put the ball in Zay Flowers' hand. Let's get the ball out of Lamar's hands. Lamar will take some sacks. We saw him turn the ball over a little bit, but let him go make plays, pushing the ball downfield, spread things out, make guys run, make the field longer and wider, and you'll see him make plays. So next week against the Bengals, I want to see them attack downfield again, early, often. I think that's the John Harbaugh way, ultimately. It's not some – they did the West Coast, Marty Mornwig, uh, you know, BS from here to there, but when they're at their best, it is a play-action deep team. Taking play action, running the ball, pushing the ball downfield. That's what I want to see more of. Running game was discombobulated. The timing of handoffs looked weird. We didn't see quarterback run game. Maybe we see more of it. Maybe it's the contract. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't care. Run the ball. Push the ball downfield. Lamar Jackson will do well. Yeah, all the pieces are there. I feel like they they did enough to encourage me that it can get better. I'm not walking away from this completely discouraged. So it's something. Zay Flowers is disgusting. That's my last. He, yeah, he's he. I yeah. think he's going to be the dude. And thank God, because I don't think I could have taken another receiver not being the dude. Yeah, needs somebody to be the dude. Yeah, 
And this this isn't like we're talking ourselves into him being the dude. Uh, shout out to uh, the dude yeah. a couple years ago. Uh, this is the dude. What did he have? Third. How many touches does he have today? So 11? he had nine catches. He had a couple more a uh, couple more touches out of the backfield there. Probably like twelve or thirteen total. Yeah, I think nine it said a lot that, that when the offense was reeling a little bit, they manufactured touches for him. Yeah. He was doing yeah, the end of the Andy Isabella. It was role. like, what do we do? I don't know. Okay, we'll just give the ball to Zay. It was yeah. like when they had to go to a default, it was give Zay Flowers the ball. Uh, right. Nate Tice of The Athletic or wherever he is now said, wow, holy shit, the Ravens' entire offense is running through Zay Flowers. There you Basically. go. Basically. I mean, the, the trust is still back to back carries inside the five. Uh, flowers in motion, you know, defense kind of shifts to his side. Justice gets, you know, an easy four, and then he gets an easy touchdown. I mean, he's he's kind of the focal point right now. Definitely was, especially considering J.K. Dobbins going down, no Mark Andrews. Hard. I mean, he, if you combine all the other receiver touches, I imagine Zay Flowers had as many, or if not more. So, there you go. Anything else? Anything else, fellas, that is uh, re- re- any remnants on the mind when you think of this game? I think Adafi Owe had a nice little game. Justin Matabike had a nice little game there. This I is like, Ravens. Jake, this is like Spenny's version of going down the leaderboard. It I is, mean, yeah. It's, it's exactly what I was Does thinking. Does anybody have any remnants? Oh, I've got six more guys to talk that, about. That only makes sense to me and Taylor, but yeah, that's uh, it's exactly what's going on. Ravens' interior defensive line was badass. Owe made some plays. I'll shut up now. I, shot 66, I feel 66. better having talked Owe was out. worth mentioning. Owe was, I'm making fun of you, but Owe was more... Worth that. He, that was a quiet. It felt like he was percolating a little bit in that game. Hopefully, that turns into production because as his entire career has been, it's like a lot of you know, a lot of words, not a lot, not a lot of substance. Yeah, he's yeah. Mister Quarterback Hurry. Mark, I was talking about another dude from a couple years ago, by the way. Ardarius Washington looked nice too. Goodbye. You put up the tweet. Uh, I don't want that to get lost before we go. Jake, about the preseason routine that Sirianni said he might reconsider and Harbaugh said the same. I, these, they're going to have to. I mean, so many of these teams look so sloppy. I just don't know how Lamar Jackson in an offense that he's never played before, you know, the Ravens got lucky because they played a game that they were – this is kind of a pre – they could act like this is a preseason game. with Washington. Game. Yeah, because they played a bad team, but – Imagine if they played a good team. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't, man. It's correct. Just, it's, I mean, somebody. Law, I mean, how many guys got hurt today? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, so yeah. what did what did the preseason help with? Well, if yeah, got, I mean, if they got hurt in the preseason, then we have <laughs> I, I was not talking about Des Bryant. Yeah, yeah. Damned if you do. Damned it if is impossible. I agree with that. It is impossible. I and maybe it's always going to be like at this. point, at this point, you're just hoping to get with the 17 week season. You're just hoping to figure out a way to get through the. And if you have to have, give up a game in week one, you know you can get it back and it's fine. Um, it just the in this Ravens specific situation where so much is predicated on this quarterback figuring out this offense, him kind of coming out and figuring out on the fly in week one, which is I think tough to watch from a product standpoint. But maybe it is in the end the most prudent decision because he's not getting hurt in a preseason game played on a Saturday night in front of like 20,000 people. It, 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 you know, it's tough. It's a tough. The, gi- the Giants might be bad. Super Bowl Oof. pick right there for my my man down here. NFC champion. Daniel Jones, long contract. A lot of highly paid quarterbacks didn't play well today. Geno Smith. All four AFC, I think we might have said this, all four AFC North quarterbacks had a negative EPA per play today. Yeah, we we had that uh, that tweet up earlier from Jonas. That is, that is quite something. Good showing by the boys today. The, the AFC North uh, conglomerate is not feeling not feeling too great. Yeah. 
Um, fellas, I Much think that's like the Big Ten. <laughs> we, we, we want to talk wow. Big Ten football. Go, is, go is for Texas 60 back? seconds. That's go for 60 question. seconds to run us out, Taylor. Just talk Big Ten for 60 seconds. Big Ten. There wasn't a lot of takeaways from the Big Ten this week. Um, Michigan playing on CBS was bizarre. I, I don't know that that was really weird. The the Big Ten being on CBS, which is you know going to be the norm going forward. Um, I mean, the Terps played Charlotte in an NBC game that was produced like it was Sunday Night Football. It was unbelievable. Like, the production level of that game was unbelievable. And I was like, this is so ridiculous that last year this game would have been on BTN at noon. And now it's on NBC with 28 cameras and a sky cam and a pregame and a pre- more cameras and, and fans at the game. A pre and post show. A, whoa, whoa, whoa. A lot of students at the game. Pre and post show. <laughs> pre and post show. Um, ridiculous. Was That was very fun. I don't know. Not a ton. Oh, everybody. It, it feels like a little bit more of a flat Big Ten. Ohio State feels a little vulnerable. Michigan's probably the best team. Michigan national champion is Texas back. That I wish I'd been able to watch. I, we had Maryland going on. That seemed like a fantastic college football game. College yes. football is a ridiculous. Can I say? So, I have to. I have to interject. The last couple times Alabama's lost at home, Quinn Ewers yesterday, Joe Burrow. LSU Heisman winner Johnny Manziel 2013. Didn't they Bam lose at home, at home last Heisman year? Winner. Go put your go put your Quinn Ewers Heisman bets down now. Just saying. What is Quinn? <laughs> this is how we're getting off. Did Quinn Ewers look like a guy that's a top twenty pick? Yes. Top ten pick. Yeah, he, he yes. dropped a couple yeah, apps. Spenny, you're giving me a little that'll do it vibes Jeez. there. That'll do it. Yeah, well, yeah I think he might go top ten. Yeah, Quinn, he might Ewers. Yeah, he might get drafted in the top ten. Caleb, Caleb Williams, and my guy, Little Prime Shadur Sanders. I mean, what a quarterback class! Don't get me started on Shadur Sanders. That's a time for another. That's a, that's a whole end podcast. This episode, I would end this episode now. We Don't get me started. I'll just I'll say the, the episode Kane's and we'll get out of here. We need to do twenty minutes on Coach Prime this this week. I mean, <laughs> let me tell you something. Man. That's that's a jumbo set waiting to happen. Yeah, that's... I would love to if, if I am allowed on the jumbo set. I would love to come just to come. What talk do you about mean? Are you allowed? You are the jumbo set. No, well, that well, the not that jumbo. I'm too jumbo this way. But the the <laughs> the Coach Prime experience is one of the great things in college sports right now. It's entertaining the... as hell. The, oh my Shadur god! Dropping him off after the game, the look at his face. The people are like, "Yeah, we know what he's trying to do. Get rid of dad." And then... I cannot wait for when we do the draft. Lavar Ball is so mad. Like Lavar so Ball, mad. he's so. Mad. <laughs> I cannot wait for the and Shiloh Sanders is the other who missed like thirty tackles on Saturday. <laughs> um, I cannot wait for when Spencer does the five minutes on Travis Hunter before the draft. That is going to be. That is going to be so good. If you want, if you, if you have ever heard the phrase "glazing," just get ready. <laughs> she got off. Okay, okay. Uh, that will end the show, Coach Prime. I light up when I talk about the coach. Me too. Look at us. We're just giddy. Jake's been giddy this whole episode. Look at him. Brian's a little smiley too. We're just we're just four smiley boys. Twenty five nine. Well, it's nice to not have the Titans fan on the show. Yeah, right. Four Ravens fans talking about their amazing. Well, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he, he, he shouldn't have, he would, he, what the hell? You guys are going to hate Jadavian Clowney. I, I yeah. swear, dude, I swear. Uh, Ravens had Jadavian Clowney. I mean, it, it would have been out. He looked great Oil today. He looks like an Adonis. I, I saw him from uh, way up in the uh, the cheap seats, and he was he was looking looking really tall, Jadavian Clowney. So. He's a big dude. Yeah, who would have um, thought? 
X fifty two. This is our cadence right now. We have our instant analysis on Sunday. Um, I think we're trying to when they're one o'clock games do them between the four o'clock slate and the beginning of Sunday night football. The Sunday night football is like through the first quarter as we end right here. So we'll clean up the timing there a little bit, I think. Um, then there's going to be a midweek show. Then there's going to be a Ravens preview that comes out. Uh, midweek show will come out Tuesday, Wednesday. You guys, Wednesday would say? mornings. Wednesday mornings. That'll be your jumbo and set. Ravens preview will come out Friday mornings. Is the Ravens preview the jumbo set? No, no. Jumbo that? set is its own thing. It's it's more like deep divey. Deep diving. There you go. Yeah. I can't even keep track of our own shows. We've yeah. got fucking episodes on. Yeah. Deck. And there's and also Orioles content sprinkled in there, too. We're going to have mean, more Orioles because the Orioles play the biggest home series in a decade this coming weekend. If so. you're not at the yard Friday night, I don't know what you're doing. If you're not at Maryland, Virginia on Friday night, I don't know what you're doing. Um, wow. He's going to be paying attention to Maryland, Virginia, unfortunately for us. But um, so that that's kind of the show schedule, which I mean, next week. Um, the instant analysis Ravens, I'm sure, will will have a little crossover to what happened with the Orioles throughout the weekend as well, um, because you know that's a lot of division implications on the line. I would say the biggest series in the in Major League Baseball this year. I, I said the Orioles in a decade, probably the biggest series in the league this year. Um, so we'll do that, and then these instant analysis will come out uh, Monday morning for everyone's enjoyment, and we'll go live every Sunday, um, and so you'll be able to listen to it if you want. But it'll come out on the podcast feed the following morning. Uh, fellas, that was fun. Ravens football is back. It was nice to have it back. It was nice to watch people walk to the lots outside my window. I can't say I made it out there, but I watched everyone. It was like this. Somebody uh, sent me the Squidward meme where he's looking outside the window, looking at everybody out fun, except for I was fine with everyone having fun and me sitting inside. Um, but I'm sure the four, the you know, Jigs at the game day, I'm sure we will all be out and about and around. So um, would love to chat with the listeners as we, you know, do our thing around Ravens games and uh, I'm sure there'll be other fun things to come. So very much appreciate everyone's support. You can follow uh, the podcast at X52 podcast on all of your social media channels. You can follow banks at Barcelona. Oh, Spencer's put his hand up. OBJ chance at the Ravens game today. were fucking electric. Go ahead. They were, they were good. No, that's, that's good stuff. Um, you can follow uh, banks at Barcelona bench. You can follow Spencer at, Ravens for dummies, the number four between Ravens and dummies. You can follow Jake at Jake Luke, just his name. Just got to type his name in and you can find him. Um, you can follow me at Taylor Smythe 10. Uh, you can follow, I guess you can follow RDT at E D I T T I 22. Um, e D D 22. Um, thanks to all of our sponsors. Once again, I will see you coming up um, in the middle of the week. Uh, and thanks for listening to the X 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's seafood. <laughs>